And he's got a word for you today that the Lord has laid on his heart. Will you welcome Tony Nolan? Thank you again, Pastor Harry. God bless you. So good to see him. Did you guys notice uh, Pastor Harry in all of the uh, volunteer videos? It's absolutely a riot. You have to keep your eye out for that cameo, cameo, cameo of Pastor Harry. It's good. How's everybody doing? Rock all, man. We had a great time last night. How about for King and Country? That was fun, wasn't it? Oh, my word. Crazy. Reliant K. They were killing it, man. Hey, listen, I'm going to bring you some stuff from the Bible this morning. I told you last night what it would be. And this morning is going to be a little bit different. It's more like a Bible study. And so if you've got something to write with, man, get ready to take some notes. And if not, then I pray you'll take some mental notes. I'm pretty sure that they, uh, they have this on some sort of uh, media. I hope that you would get it, connect with it, and it'd be something to help change your life. Uh, listen to this. Listen. On October the 25th, 1415, the kingdoms of England and France converged onto the battlefield of Ozencourt. 6,000 England warriors led by King Henry V faced France, who had 36,000 troops led by King Charles. That is a 6 to 1 ratio between the two. Look to the person near next to you and say, that's not good. Go ahead and tell them. That's not good. That's not good. Not good for England. By the blast of a trumpet, the battle began. Horse hooves thundered across the foggy tundra. But the ominous sound was quickly dwarfed by the battle cry from both sides. Steel swords clashed with iron armor and flesh and bone buckled under the crushing blows and lacerating weaponry causing the earth to once again absorb the blood of war. The victor's crown, amazingly, went to England. They had a six-to-one ratio, man, but they only lost 600 men. France fell, suffering 10,000 casualties. This is in your history books, people. How in the world did England get this win? What gave them the edge? It was a new weapon of war called the long bow and arrow. Most of their people didn't even have to go down to the field. From far away, they just launched their arrows in. And because of that new weapon of war, it gave them a massive edge in the victory. The Bible tells us that we are at war. It's a battle against Satan and all of the legions of demons of hell. And I want to propose to you that what the long bow and arrow was for England, our relationships are for us in this war against the devil. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11 has this amazing verse that's so saturated with victory. Listen to it. They triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Did you see it in the text? It said that they overcame the devil by the blood of, listen, the lamb and the word of their testimony. Let me emphasize the word there again. Because it's not speaking about just your individual testimony, although that's powerful. But what's more powerful 
is us together as a community, as a body of Christ, and our testimony together. It's powerful against the devil. Everybody say on the count of three, it's powerful against the devil. One, two, three. You're listening so good. That's our testimony together. So given that our relationships with one another are so powerful to help us give us an edge over our enemy, the devil, then I want to talk to you just for some brief moments about this. How to bring out the best in others instead of the beast in others. Some of y'all need that right now. You've been sharing that tip with somebody in Jesus' name, amen. How do you bring out the best in others instead of the beast in others so that we're not just getting along? We don't want to just get along. We want to thrive as a community of believers that we might overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So let's look at this. B-E-S-T, bringing out the best. We're going to walk right through that acrostic. Here it is. B, you might take these notes. B stands for this. Be the first to forgive. That's so powerful. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what she, she said about me. You don't know what money he hasn't paid me. Wait, wait, wait. Be the first to forgive. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says this. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Here's what I think every human being needs. Listen to it carefully. We all need a graveyard in the back of our minds where we can bury the faults of others. Six foot deep in the soil of love with the shovel of forgiveness. Don't ever forget that. You want that power to overcome that enemy? Be the first to forgive. We're talking about bringing out the best in others instead of the beast in them. Be the first to forgive. The second thing is this, be, and then E is this, encourage one another. Man, encourage each other. Ephesians 4.29, this amazing catalyst for us to do this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Why? That it may benefit those who listen. I have in my hand a note, a little handwritten note on a scrabble piece of paper. It was given to me by a guy by the name of Ed. Ed served on a tour with us, and Ed's, had been on many tours with me, and he's a merch dude. They call him a merch guy. He may be here today. Twelve years ago, Ed gave me a note. I keep it with me. I open it up from time to time. I won't read to you everything that it says inside, but just a few things, because if I read everything, it'd just be a little kind of embarrassing, but he's so sweet. But listen to this. Tony, you blessed me with your gift of preaching. In a world where preachers preach like I do, and I get so many thousands and thousands of hate mail, a tattered little note from a merch guy. 
stays close to my heart. Say, Tony, wait, wait, wait. He, he, he's Ed the merch child. Man, wait. Tony, I know I've heard more about your testimony. For a decade, you've mentored the folks like in Casting Crowns and for King and Country. For three years on tour, we poured into their souls. Joel and Luke just mentor them. And those Hillsong United guys and, man, uh, KB, Tripoli, all them, Andy Minio. So many of them that for decades, if anybody's been anybody in CCM, I've probably had the privilege to pour into their soul and hang out with them and all that. Tony, I can understand. I heard you met Billy Graham. I can understand you keeping a note from one of those guys, but a merch dude, he ain't famous. Time out. A lot of times we attribute fame for all the wrong reasons. Ed's very famous to me. He has acquired the heart of an encourager. And those people need to be put on the greatest of all pedestals because they make the world a better place to be. Amen. Encourage people, man. I'm telling you, when you encourage people, it changes their life. Now listen, when I start talking about notes, though, and stuff like that, the girls don't have hardly any trouble doing this. But I've got thousands of notes from girls this is just one from a guy. The reason I picked the guy thing is because it's close to my heart. But here's the other reason. is most men look at me when I start, I start talking about giving people encouraging notes and stuff like that. And they go like this. This is what they say. We'll say, well, preacher Tony, that's just not my gift. Other people do that. That's just not my gift. Time out. This is not about giftedness. It's about thoughtfulness. And all of us can be very thoughtful. Take some time. And I want to encourage you that before you lay your head down wherever it's going to be, on the ground, in a tent, in an RV, somewhere else, listen to me. Would you take the time to stop somebody today, look them in the eye, and give them some encouragement? Why? Because it's the stuff that helps us to overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? B stands for be the first to forgive. E stands for encourage. S, listen to this, S, B-E-S-T. S is this, share with them. Share with them. And listen, I'm not talking about like share your water and your water bottle because maybe somebody else is out. You're going to do that. I'm not talking about like in, when you're in your tent and you got 20 people in your tent and you don't have hardly any more room and just kind of scooting over a little bit, let them have a little bit more space. I'm not talking about sharing like that. I'm not even talking about going through the drive through and you got an eight-count chicken nugget and, you know, you give them one of your nuggets. I'm not talking about that. You may do that. I'm talking about a whole different kind of sharing, and I want you to lean into this because it's going to give us power over the enemy. There was a teenager, he's about 16 years old, very troubled young man. Over and over he's getting in trouble, and finally his parents took him to go see a psychologist before they were about to just send him off to a boarding home for troubled kids. The parents with him walk into the psychologist's office. The psychologist just talked to them very briefly, and then he dismissed the parents. They didn't want to go. They wanted to be a little controlling over the moment. You know how we mom and dads can be. Amen. Walked him out, came back in the room and looked at the young man. He sat there, just empty-faced, a little hollow. And the psychologist said, young man, I'm going to ask you a question about your parents. But before I do, I want you to think about the anatomy of the human body. And I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to listen carefully. He said, young man, when you think of your parents, what human body part comes to mind? <laughs> yeah, 
That could be a very troubling moment right there, couldn't it? Yeah, I agree with the laughing. What human body part comes to mind? If with no hesitation, the boy blurted out, a big giant mouth. Psychologist scribbled a couple of notes and gently lifted his chin and looked at the boy and he said, well, young man, when you think of your parents, what body part would you like to come to mind? And the boy's lip quivered and a tear rolled out of his eye down his cheek. And with a broken voice, he said, a big giant ear, an ear, an ear. Share your ears with others. Share your ears with others. People need us to listen. When it comes to being like God, there are communicable attributes and incommunicable attributes. An incommunicable attribute is one that God is and we cannot be. God is omniscient. We can't be there. Even though we might have Siri, she still fails me. <laughs> we can't be omniscient. And that's not me by myself. It's with the technical advice. Um, we, we cannot be omnipresent even though we might be Facebook streaming live. It doesn't matter. I can only be in one spot. I'm not omnipresent. Neither are you. We can't be those attributes, but we can be love. That's communicable. We can be that. We can be merciful. We can be gracious and lean in. You can listen. Well, Tony, are you trying to tell me that listening is an attribute of God? Absolutely. It's an amazingly fine attribute of God. Listen to what the Word of God said. This is beautiful. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I, I love this, Harriet. Listen to this. I will listen to you. Wow. Do you see that? Do you get that? Oh, we always go right to that prayer thing and all that. But do you understand that God is a listening God? How about this? If we were quick, as quick, to lend our ears as we are our opinions, man, there might be a whole lot more hurts healed in our world. Amen? Share with them. Share your ears with others. Listen, while you're here, you're going to be involved in so many things, and there's so many things to be involved in. Enjoy it all. Have a blast. But I pray that you'll take some time and just give your ears to someone for about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and just listen. Yesterday, after we were finished here and so many thousands just went back to that prayer tent, I just stayed there. Somebody said, hey, you're going to go to a signing? Well, I don't sign. I'm just a preacher. But, you know, the artists do that. And you guys like to see them. I like to go into the prayer tent, and then I'll stay there till the very last person. You know what I want to do? I want to listen. I want to listen because there's something that happens in that moment when I'm listening that's just as powerful that happens on the stage whenever I'm preaching. Let's be some listening people. B-E-S, B-E-S, be the first to forgive. Encourage other people. Write those notes. Speak those words of life. And then share your ears with others. And here's the last one and we'll be done. Trade up. Everybody say it on the count of three. Trade up. One, two, three. Trade up. What do you mean by that, Tony? Well, trade up is the answer to the pushback that I get when I teach these principles. 
Most people don't want to deal with trying to bring out the best in others instead of the beast in others because people have been a beast to them. This is what they say to me. Many of you heard my story about the man who messed me up when I was a little baby for almost the first four years of my life, molested me. And I had the opportunity to meet him. Shortly after I became a Christian, my girlfriend was there. Now she's my wife for 25 years. We were there, and God told me to forgive the man. I didn't want to tell him that, but I, but I did. And he didn't say, well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that, and I'm so sorry for what I did. No, no, he just got very, very wicked and vicious and even more perverted. But I walked away. See, people will all the time, they come up to me and go, Tony, how do you do something like that, man? How do you walk away? I, I can't bring up. I, how in the world could I bring out the best and be at my best when other people are so beastie? Trade up. Listen to this story. It intrigued me and arrested my heart. Listen carefully. On August 22, 1961, a wall was constructed to divide and separate the German city of Berlin. The partition is known as the Berlin Wall. You're familiar with that, no doubt, if you've studied your history. The east side was the Soviet-occupied sector, and the west was a haven for the freedom. Well, one day in the evening, the Soviets dumped a massive pile of raw sewage and rotted garbage over the wall onto the guardhouse of the west side, the free side. East side, God's man, Soviet occupied, it's all this controlling stuff and evil. And so you know what they do? In nighttime, they take raw sewage and garbage. And, they, and while the guards were sleeping in their shack on the other side of the wall, they dumped it over there on those guards. That morning when those west side guards got out of their shack, they tripped over all of the raw sewage and all the rotted garbage with the maggots and the nastiness. And it was all over them. And they're rolling in it. And they get up. You can imagine they were furious. And they wanted to retaliate. And their captain calmed them down. And he said, I'll let you retaliate. But we'll do it under the cover of night. And counter they did. Oh, they countered. Countered they did. And the next morning, when those Soviet soldiers got up out of their shack and they opened up their door, right in front of them was a 12-foot high pile of neatly stacked imperishable items. <laughs> Listen, they ranged from, from, from uh, bottled waters to cans of beans to bags of sugars to sacks of wheat, tobacco, blankets, clothing, and boots. 12-foot pile of neatly stacked imperishable items. And on the very top of that stack was a little tiny note, and it said this. Each side gives what each side has to give. The last I heard, that wall's not there anymore. How do we bring out the best and be at our best when other people are being a beast? Trade up. I know somebody's going to do you wrong. Trade up. I know you're going to get hurt. Trade up. Because in so doing, we are actually being like the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that will transform and revolutionize our culture 
far beyond anything that we otherwise can do possible. Amen? Trade up. The Bible says it this way. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Father, we thank you. We praise you. You are good. and You are awesome. Help us, God. This challenge before us is no small task. It will take every part of Pentecostal power for us to pull it off. But help us, oh God, to be those people that would be the first to forgive. May we all have a graveyard in the back of our minds where we can bury the faults of others. Help us to encourage God that we might use our lips, our hands, these notes to speak life to other people. And God, help us to share. We're so quick to spew out our opinion. Oh, God, help us to just stand there and take in and absorb the story of others and their pains and their hurts. And God, as we go through this world, you said as we do, in this world we will have tribulation. Help us to be the people that would be so different that we would trade up and overcome evil with good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Peace.